Well, hello everyone. Welcome. Coming to you live from Bristol Motor Speedway. And it's hot. Yes, it is. Quite toasty. It's about 90 some odd degrees. Hopefully my computer does not fry. Did I just break your chair? It was, it's been broken. Okay. These are, these are rough chairs. <laughs> But, um, yeah, where we made it. Josh and I just finished a, I don't know, two-mile walk. Right. Um, um, uphill both Josh, ways. Josh, why don't you tell the, the people your great idea what you had? Yeah, I was like, you know, let's kind of like walk around and get a vibe for the atmosphere or kind of what's going on. And, uh, well, nothing's going on because of um, the social distancing practices. There's none of the usual pre-race outside-the-track festivities. Um, there's like... There is some camping, but not much. Um, so it's predominantly just people walking to the track and uh, cars parking, and there was nothing else to see. So yeah. it was pretty much a colossal waste of yeah, 40 minutes. Sort of the socializing. That's <laughs> fine. I mean, we probably lost a good solid five pounds right. from, from this. But but yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a weird day. The mm. parking lots didn't open until 3.30, which is not normal at all. I got here too early. I got here at 3.05. Mm. And the lot was closed still. So I had to loop around Bristol, Tennessee, or Virginia. Not sure exactly where I am. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there was traffic five minutes ago, and now it's all gone. Because I guess everyone is here already. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. I, well, I was reading one thing that was saying a majority of the people coming to this live within 25 miles of the track. Um, so you could get a good number of people that they're just they'll get here yeah they kind of have a vibe for everything and um but we here we gotta um so they're kind of staging it in the way you can enter into the track in stages um the first stage for us we're in the lower bowl i think we're row 11 yep. in the yarborough yep um tower which is coming off of turn two um so that's going to be a good time um but we're uh we're allowed to go in between 5 and 5.20, yep. or 6 and 6.20. Something like Something that, Something like yeah. that, 6 and 6.15. So they're staggering everyone, which is, again, very different. Yep. But uh, we get it. It's, you know, we're just thankful we can be at a racetrack. <laughs> Sorry, a, a truck just went by. Where two trucks have gone by with their Confederate flags. Cool guys. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. It also has the Betsy Ross flag. Yeah. Which is just an interesting. <laughs> People just like to wave flags that are red, white, and blue. It doesn't matter what's on it. Right. Might see a French flag go by soon. <laughs> but but yeah. it's cool, you know, 30,000 people. That's. we. I was thinking about this on the way here. We might be the first major sporting event with this many people in I, the world. I think the. As far as I know, over the last few months, the only sporting event, or not event, I like. Gotta love being in <laughs> sights and sounds of middle of nowhere Tennessee. Right. But like, I think one of Trump's rallies um, had about eight thousand people at it, and I think that's the biggest thing that's happened. All right. In the last few months, so we are really serving as kind of a guinea pig event. I think a lot of it wouldn't surprise me if, because of the way Bristol's set up, it's pretty similar to, say, an NFL stadium, college yeah. football stadium. Just if you were to double the size of it yes 160,000 that Bristol can hold and 25% of those people will be here we're not sure right. if it's a quote unquote sellout sellout being 30,000 people whatever the case we're here yes so that's fine mm -hmm. I was kind of wondering hmm, we find our seats and if we want to go a little higher 
Should we go look for seats, or are we gonna like be kicked out? <laughs> I, I, I don't know how. It'll be interesting to see kind of how on guard they are with everything, and it's also interesting just coming us both coming from bigger cities where we live, yeah. where um, the restrictions are a bit tighter, more enforced, more. Yeah. Um, where I stopped at a gas station in Virginia, and I was like walking around. I was like, oh yeah, we're. It's not as tight a restriction <laughs> around here. That right. A, most people, there's no sign saying wear a mask. Yeah. There was like some tape on the ground for social distancing, and that was really good. Yeah. So I was like, it's It's almost like if different. you put your mask on there, then you're weird. Right. <laughs> because masks have become not as weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we've got, we've got the uh, open at 7 p.m., which is going to be really cool. Three stages. Yep. Each winner of each sta- the winner of each stage moves on. Is that right? Yes, that's yeah. correct. Um, and uh, and then we find out who the uh, fan vote is, which I have a thought on that. Yeah. Thank you, Brett Griffin. <laughs> he made a good point. They should announce the winner of the fan vote before the open because right. what if the guy who wins the vote wrecks? Yeah. Which I guess you take that chance. I guess so. And I mean, there's kind of. Like they, they released earlier this week kind of the current standings. They didn't say who had the vote total. Um, Bubba Wallace is in the lead, and I'm guessing he's in the lead by a lot. So yeah. I, I think it's a pretty safe bet that Bubba Wallace is going to get it. And if he doesn't, I think the number two vote getter was Clint Boyer, and that could kind of mix things up. But um, it kind of, I don't know, it, it, it would make sense if you said, hey, this is the cutoff, this is going to be the fan vote person, and yeah. you let at least the, that person and maybe the guy in second place, you know, just in case that person's going to win a stage. Yeah. You don't want to, you know, a couple years ago you had when uh, Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson were slamming doors for the win. Oh, yeah. And Chase got the fan vote, um, and Kyle got in because of the, the pass. And it's like, well, if, if Chase had known that, well, you wouldn't have had that awesome finish. Right. But then you wouldn't have had Chase and Kyle frantically trying to fix their cars because they would have not wrecked each other. Although I think Kyle Larson still won that race i think he did did. (laughs) so i guess it didn't matter too much in the end right Um, and so these um these stages are short i think Mm -hmm. it's a 15 15 35 for the 35 35 15 okay so um there we're looking at it's a lot of racing tonight yeah i mean it's a good good amount by the way this is josh's first time to bristol Mm -hmm. it's my second it's beautiful. I mean, even we can see the drag strip. Yeah, right here, I mean, and it where, just looks awesome. Where we're sitting is next to a nice Changling fence, next to a highway, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can see the grandstands for the drag strip, and just over a nice hill that we actually climbed is uh, the speedway. Yep, I'm just excited to be here. It's uh, the circumstances are weird, but I'm just thankful, man. Yeah. The, well, another cool thing about this was uh, Bristol assigned our seats. I'm so used to looking at the microphone. So <laughs> Uh, this is the first time Josh and I have seen each other in probably a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, but what was cool is that I bought the tickets, but I didn't know where we were sitting. And they were just, and they were like, all right, we'll assign you your seats when we get to it. So you're like, okay. Right. So it was almost like an added surprise because you could be in row one or you could be in row 30. Right. I, I thought it was cool. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think it was, yeah, it was lower bowl or upper bowl was kind of the, the idea. And, you know. It's Bristol. It's kind of the way they built Bristol and Martinsville. They broke, built the infield down, yep, so that you can see across. Plus, there's so much banking at Bristol that. You know, but I think we're going to be pretty low. I think technically row 11 is more so like row four or five. I think. Good to I, know. I could be wrong. 
Okay. But it's like at, at Charlotte, if you're in row like 12 or 13, you're actually like in row one or two and not at seating because they've taken out so many uh-huh. of those that makes other sense. seats as they had to, to know. make changes in the speedway or whatever. So it's going to be a great time. Oh, sorry, that would be my wife texting us. Sorry. Yeah. But... <laughs> um... <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's just going to be it's just going to be fun watching racing, and there's there's nothing on the line but a million dollars. Yeah, no big so, deal. It's fine. I don't think it's when's the next short track race? Is it Bristol in August? September. September. Yeah. So that's the next one. It's yeah. not like you're saving the short track. Well, you have Richmond. For... Richmond, I think, is the week before. I don't know. Richmond is some point. It's this summer. Right. It's, 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 I think. I think it's the week before. I think it's in the cha- sorry the playoffs. The playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just so weird. The they go to Bristol three times this year, three completely different times. And today we're doing it again, and it's hot. I'm just looking forward to an exciting finish. One thing that is exciting, I was fearing that I wasn't going to be able to see Jimmy Johnson race again because mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll be able to go to any more races this year. So I'm glad that a he. Is no longer COVID, whatever. Right. COVID positive. <laughs> and um, that, uh, yeah, we can see him race. Yeah. Maybe win. Maybe. I'm all for it. It's going to be, it'll be interesting to see. So who, I mean, obviously by the second part of this podcast, people will will know uh, who's won and all that stuff. Yeah. But what are your, your predictions or picks or what you expect to see? I'll do what we did in college. So in college, we would pick where our driver would finish then we would pick a pretty good driver where he would finish. Then we would pick a, just a complete no-name. So for the Open, I think the winner, I think Clint Boyer wins. And I think Bubba gets the fan vote. And then Quinn Huffrex finishes last. <laughs> and for the main event, I think Joey punts uh, Elliot out of the way and possibly gets a win. That's my bold prediction. That would I think, be awesome. I think Bubba gets a top ten. Yeah. And for no name, Kyle Busch. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle might actually have a good night. Maybe. That's kind of where I'm at. How about you? It would. It would. I'll say this. It'd be a ton of fun to have it be Lugano versus Chase Elliott at yes. Bristol again. That would be a great time. Um, I think you got a uh, Almirola, Boyer, and uh, Bell winning the open stages, and then Bubba getting the pick. For the actual all-star race, uh, Denny, okay. I think, probably uh, takes it. This gets his, I guess that would technically be his fifth win of the year. Yeah, yeah. It All just right. feels like Denny Hamlin has a tendency to win races on either at or that yeah. I really would like him for somebody else to win, but he, he wins, and I'm like, okay. No, he won again. Yeah, it's kind of over at this point. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm always in, on board with the. I hope it's somebody I haven't seen win before. Same. Um, but it uh, it'll be it'll just be great to smell. The smells are kind of the yeah, thing right. I'm most anticipating. And it's gonna be loud. Um, yes. So loud. This is gonna be such a cool yeah event. Uh, well, we'll uh, we'll let you guys know how this is. We're gonna when we get home tomorrow, we'll record the second part of this, and hopefully. We'll be awake. <laughs> yes. So we'll see you guys in a little bit. Have a, well, yeah, not have a good Enjoy the race. Anything. Enjoy the race. Have fun. Exactly. Goodbye.
Well, hey, everybody. Um, welcome to the second half, or I don't know if that first part was half, but the second portion of our uh, podcast where um, all of our predictions were wrong. And um, <laughs> <laughs> but Man, That's funny. <laughs> but we are back in, uh, in our homes in uh, Nashville and Raleigh um, to just talk about uh, how the, our experience went, how the race went, and... Um, so I guess the kind of the two things to talk about is one is uh, the race itself. And then secondly, um, just kind of the experience with the um, all the extra precautions going around with the covid stuff. So um, I don't know how to, which one would you rather start with? Oh, let's go with let's go with the precautions and stuff. And then we can kind of finish off with the racing and the excitement there. Okay, awesome. Well, how do you think, like, what was your overall opinion on how well things went with, uh, it was about, um, I think they said the final number was between, they don't announce official numbers, but it was between 20 and 25,000 people there, probably closer to the 20,000 number um, is what they said, um, which puts it roughly around 12 to 15% capacity, depending on which uh, number set you use it at so uh what was your kind of overall opinion on the way that they handled things the procedures and everything like that i thought bristol did a really good job um this is unknown territory to anyone in the world really and and like you've said in the past we were we were guinea pigs this uh, yesterday you know we didn't we're the the first people to be doing these weird things so there's a lot of unknowns for fans and for officials but overall i think bristol did a good job uh, with you know telling people to hey wear your masks when you're walking around when you get to your seat you know you can take them off that's totally fine um the concessions were scattered which was good um they still took a while but you know to get to get your food and whatnot but that's just kind of it to be expected at any any sporting event covid or no covid uh it was it was a bummer that they weren't able to have your normal uh just fan zone, you know, where there's merchandise and there's cool booths and there's just all this interaction you can have with different sponsors and stuff. You you didn't have any of that this time, which that was a bummer because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, gates didn't open till three 30. So you parked your car, you got into your, you know, we got into the track at five, five 30 and then you were racing an hour and a half later. And that's just not a usual race day. I mean, if anything, I feel like yesterday felt like a a local short track race where you just get to the track, you bring your, your drinks and your snacks, you sit down and you, and the racing starts. But overall, yeah, Bristol did a good job. I think the one weird thing that we kind of both laughed at was, um, so for those who don't know, uh, Bristol was going to have an exit strategy for fans. So they had ushers kind of like you would see at a church passing the buckets for, for, uh, the offering. Where the where the usher would go to the to your row, and when he got to your row, you could exit your row and leave the track. That did not really happen last night. It was kind of ended up being a free for all, probably because our particular usher, if you will, wasn't very uh, strict. <laughs> he was kind of right. just passive and just kind of stood there, you know, and didn't really to give instruction to anyone. But overall, I think Bristol did a good job. Hopefully they don't come under too much scrutiny. That's crazy. It was only twenty percent of yeah. people. That's nuts. Yeah, it was like or, or it, like just to just to kind of put that in perspective is like that would be like for those of you in the Nashville area um, or here in Raleigh that having about twenty five hundred people in the PNC Arena or the Bridgestone Arena 
um, or like Nissan Stadium would be about 8,700 people or Bank of America, which is the Panther Stadium, uh, 9,500 people. So that's kind of like to give some perspective on how limited the crowd was, um, which I think was good because like for us, it was kind of our we only had in our section, we were the only two people in our row. Um, which is then, awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like the row in front. So we were on the end and the row in front of us had a handful of people and they were in the middle and then the next row. And so it was kind of like every other row you had people in the middle and every other row you had people on the side. So there's good distance. Um, there's never a moment really outside of one where I felt like, you know, we were around a lot of people. Like I felt like we were social distancing pretty well even at the track everyone had a mask on um the only one was like you said uh the concessions and souvenirs which um there was no uh social distancing it was like a line and part of that was i think that the, where we happened to go there was concession on the right side and souvenirs on the left and the lines just naturally backed into each other yeah and so there was just like there wasn't places to go. So if there was one area or two areas that I'd kind of give them a say this, you know, would probably behoove um, other, you know, sporting events or even Bristol planning on doing stuff in the future to kind of plan out, make sure you don't have areas where lines are backing into each other and forcing people to get closer together. Um, or the other thing is, like you said, the, the exit strategy. Um, a big problem with that was they didn't tell us anything about an exit strategy until right before the final stage, which isn't really the time that, you know, we're watching the race, we're building up towards that. So it's not really, um, the time that most people are paying attention to. Also, it didn't make sense because for us, they're like, go to the end of the right side of your row, which was blocked off with tape. And they're like, go all the way down and then go exit to the right. But for us, the exit was down and to the left. Yeah. So, <laughs> it was like, uh, which, you know, we cost ourselves an extra 30 minutes because we went that way instead of going up right. and out of the track. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, for those who have never been to Bristol, it, it is a Coliseum and to get to your seat, you are walking at an almost complete vertical, uh, yes. on the steps of, we were in row 11, and to get to the mezzanine was, I want to say, row 30, maybe? Yeah, row I 30. I think it's closer to, like, 40. It oh, okay. Felt like. it, it felt like there. it. And, um, it was up there. Josh and I were, I mean, we're fairly small dudes compared to others, and we got to the top, and we were just like, <gasps> okay, I guess we'll <laughs> hang out up here for a little bit until we have to go back down. Yep. Uh, um, but anyway, it was, overall, that's crazy. The amount of people that were there, it felt like it was more than what what we twenty thousand people. Yeah, and it was that was even like Jordan Bianchi was saying he's like you know for twenty thousand people that was a rowdy group and they were really loud and so that was kind of cool to hear that it just it kind of had that vibe and I guess now it's kind of moving in the race where it was just a moment where everybody was just thrilled to be there. Yeah, you know? yep. And it just had this fun atmosphere yeah. all the way through. I thought definitely. Definitely, it definitely gave it the uh, the local short track feel, where mm-hmm. everyone in the grandstands knows all the drivers personally, and they're literally cheering, you know, just for their driver, just like you would right. in a NASCAR race. So that, that was that is a good point. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things I saw last night was the couple that was sitting, I guess, two or three rows down below us. the The woman was on Instagram trying to show her. Uh, husband boyfriend whatever 
uh, a picture that had nothing to do with the race. And mind you, the cars are, it's a green flag lap at this point. And he just like looks at her and goes like, what, what do you want? And he's like pointing to the track. Like we're watching the race. I'm not here for, for Instagram. It was, it was just a nice little, nice little comical spot for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was, and we had like a couple of groups behind us that were really loud and really quite funny. Um, you know, for the, on the, for the most part. And that's just fun is as people kind of yell for their drivers and all that stuff. And it just had a great atmosphere all throughout. Um, you know, you had, uh, a lot of the booing for Joey Lugano, especially was one that had really loud boos. Um, and then you had the loud cheering for the local kind of fan favorites of, I mean, Chase Elliott's not really a local fan favorite. He's kind of a, you know, NASCAR wide fan favorite, but even Matt DiBenedetto, um, who kind of won the crowd over with his performance last year where he finished second in the Bristol race. Um, it was kind of cool seeing him get a lot of people cheering for him and stuff like that. So it, it like you said, had that fun short track feel. Um, and it was, it was a good time. Plus those seats, we were like in row 11 and it's like the greatest seats I've ever sat in for any. They were race, so good, man. I'm actually looking at tickets for the Bass Pro Shops night race right now nice. <laughs> <laughs> tickets are not that bad yeah um I'll, when you think of row 11 you think well we're not going to be able to see too much but the the cool thing about bristol you really can see the whole track from any row i i didn't really take a gander at what it looked like from row one but i would assume it probably wasn't too bad and we were we felt like we were really on top of the race cars Mm-hmm. As they're going by, I mean, Kurt Busch was right across from us for his pit stall, and you could just, they were just right there in front of you. It was really, really cool. You don't really get to see or be that close. I mean, you you made a point last night where you feel like your local short track, it, the grandstands are backed further away from the racetrack, and Bristol being a, a national series venue, you get to be pretty much right on top of the cars. And man, they're going so fast that red Bristol, man. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And and so that was like the kind of the cool thing was just getting to see the speed. And like I said, the cars going. I mean, if we were looking at it objectively from a racing perspective, it probably wasn't the greatest of races. Um, you know, you had the inside the usually in a 500 lap race at Bristol, it takes about 150, 200 laps before the outside groove starts coming in. And then you got like kind of 200 laps or so where both the outside and inside are moving. And then the last 100 laps, it's usually the outside's the dominant groove. And because the total racing was like 210 laps, you never got to see the outside come in. Um, so it was kind of once a guy with a good car got in the lead, he could kind of hold it. Um, I know some drivers were calling it, complaining about it being aero-sensitive, but I think it was more so just that it was a, a one-lane track and they were... Um, going so fast and there wasn't the lap traffic that there might be through a longer race um, to kind of bunch guys up a little bit. Um, so the racing may not have been necessarily for the lead, at least um, the most exciting of races at Bristol. Um, but the racing all throughout the pack was just phenomenal in both the open um, and the cup race or in the all-star race. It was just a whole lot of fun to follow and um, just constantly guys bumping and banging, especially in the open. Um, I think we made the joke that Ryan Priest and John Hunter Nemechek might have hit each other about 40 or 50 times <laughs> over the course of the, <laughs> the open race. Well, th- um, that still stands true where the open is generally more exciting than the uh, actual all-star race itself, which we didn't think that was going to happen being at Bristol, but it still kind of rang true 
became you know mm-hmm. was definitely the the case with McDowell taking out Bubba and with uh, just a lot of beating and banging throughout the whole the whole bit whole bit there. Um, I I watched a replay of uh, Bubba tapping Michael McDowell. It wasn't that bad. What he did, you saw happen all night. So right. I guess Michael just was like, whatever, I'm not doing this, and, and took him out. Which, I mean, it's short track racing. But uh, the retaliation from Bubba was my favorite by putting uh, his sheet metal. I think his team initiated it, uh, putting his sheet metal on uh, Michael McDowell's hauler. And then watching Michael McDowell's team having to remove it was my favorite part. Because they look so pissed. And they're... I was just like, yeah, that was cold. But apparently it got a lot of traction. Um, it, it caught Fox's eye. It caught a lot of uh, fans. Um, they recorded it and put it on Twitter and Instagram and all that. So it was definitely not under the radar. A lot of people mm-hmm. saw it. It was very comical. How did you think of the? What did you think of the Open? Yeah, I thought it was uh, enjoyable. The first stage had, a, especially the first like start, um, had some wild action in the back. Saw some four wide racing and um, just guys trying to move um, up on through. And then uh, Eric Almirola went in the first one. Um, he was he, he and Byron kind of once they got the lead pulled ahead. Um, and then the second stage was all Byron. Um, nobody could really seem to have the car in that um, group that could really catch him. Um, and then the third stage was pretty good racing between uh, Boyer and McDe- or, um, DiBenedetto. Um, so there was, there was a lot of fun stuff to see. The Definitely the big talking point and the highlight was, um, or not highlight, I should say, but the McDowell-Bubba Wallace um, confrontation or, you know, all of that that went into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't heard McDowell say anything or what he's said about everything. Um, cause there was like one part of me that thought, well, maybe he got loose and came down, but I don't think so. I think he just looked like he turned left. <laughs> yeah. Turned left and, um, and or right. Whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, and did something that, um, I think is just a, a mess of, like you said, there's tons of, um, moving guys all throughout the night. And it's kind of, it's one of those things where at Bristol kind of, you have the, you're going to get moved, especially when it's a one lane track, like it was last night. Um, and there's kind of two ways you can do it. You can move the guy and expect to get moved back. If you can get back to your bumper, um, which I think there is a moment earlier or later in the all-star race when, um, Byron got to the back of, of to Benedetto and moved him. Um, and then to Benedetto came back the next corner and made a run at him and got back into him. Um, but he didn't get him enough, and so he barely moved Byron up, and then De Benedetto like went up and almost hit the wall. Um, but then later you had Denny Hamlin come and do the same thing to De Benedetto. Um, he just moved him, and he was fast enough that he didn't have to worry about it. Um, he just moved him and went about <laughs> yeah. went about his business, um, which was a, a pretty good move there. So it kind of depends. Um, obviously, the Bubba. McDowell's response to Bubba moving him was uh, not a just genuine racing return. That was a, that was a bad decision on McDowell's part. Yeah, it was unfortunate, but I mean, it happens. It's, it's, yeah, like I said, it's was, it was a racing deal kind of bit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there was a, it was weird. I feel like a lot of drivers were being respectful when they were bumping the guy in front of them. Like he would just kind of give him a little tap, get him a little loose and get by him, and it happened a lot throughout the race. There was never, besides the McDowell-Bubba incident, there was never really 
a get out of my way type of move. I could be wrong, but I just didn't see a lot of that. I just saw like gentle touches like, hey, I'm here, get out of the way. And that was it. And I'm not sure what that what the reasoning for that would be. Right. Um, but I don't know. It's it's interesting because like referencing back to that, the Hamlin um, getting into the Benedetto, like that was one of those moments where with Hamlin, it was I was like 100 percent on board because it was the third stage. It was kind of trying to get yourself in position to, you know, have a shot at winning in the final stage. And he just wasn't messing around. So typically a lot of guys. So it was really funny because. Um, Hamlin and Jones were both moving at a similar pace through the field and Hamlin gets up to De Benedetto and first corner just gives him a bump, moves him out of the way and just took off. And Jones got there and Jones would like barely put the bumper to him a little bit just to get him up the track. But he kind of was being super respectful where Hamlin was just like, I don't got time for this move. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and ultimately Jones did get by him. But then by the time Jones got by him, he was about a, almost a full straightaway behind Hamlin. And it's like, dude, man, like Hamlin, he was making the right move. He's like, you got to go. I got it. It's it's go time. And so it was cool to see kind of that. I think that's more of the veteran experience of Hamlin being like, I know what I got to do. And Jones kind of trying to be nice. Well, um, I think I think the racing to this week with wow this weekend yesterday, I think it would have been better had when had uh, a top groove been implemented. You know, there was no practice from there was no practice from the cup guys. There was no support series to really help develop a higher groove. And unfortunately, we had a lot. We had an old Bristol race. We had the, yeah. si- the single groove. Uh, I can't remember what Matt we what Matt Weaver called it. He he put it in a good way. I gotta find it. Uh, yeah, like, eh, fishbowl maybe. <laughs> mm, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, early on, Brad Kozlowski tried moving up there and trying to work it in, and I think Joey Logano tried a few times too, and it just, like, they'd go up there and immediately start losing ground. Um, it wasn't really until that last 15 laps, or even before that, towards the end of Stage 3, um, where KB and BK, Kyle Busch and Brad Kozlowski were going back and forth, and Brad was holding on on the outside that it started to come in, but it wasn't enough, I don't think. Yeah. Or, it was It was just weird. Yeah. Uh, with without having the support series, but I think, I think Bristol deserves a second chance with a a true race weekend, true All Star race weekend. You know where you have, you know the truck series, kind of what you do at Charlotte. You, know, you have the truck series, and then you have maybe one more, maybe you have a Xfinity race, and then the All Star race or, or something. I don't know. Maybe yeah. we have the wheel and modified guys. That's what they should bring do. in. They should kind of make like a day of it and like have like the late models come in and maybe I don't think they race legends at Bristol. I don't know if they get fast enough with those. But I like, blow a motor. <laughs> yeah. But bring in like the like you said, the modifieds and the late models and kind of run like a maybe like a f- couple of those in the afternoon before the race. And mm-hmm. that could be a, a fun thing to do. But uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I think Bristol should get another shot at it. Yeah. Um, we'll see. But the uh, the kind of the, there were three big um, things that they experimented with yesterday and just kind of hear your perspective on all three of them. Sure. Um, the first was the uh, the lights under the car. What would you think of them? Underwhelming, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought they were cool. I thought I thought the idea was, was fun. I was kind of hoping that it was going to, the neon light would be under the whole car, not just the rear bumper. And the colors, um, I think if they let the teams decide what color they are so it matches their paint scheme, I think that's where it would it would look cooler. Mm. 
that's kind of where I'm at with that. I don't see it being a thing. I mean, if they want to do it for the All-Star race every year, that's cool. But I don't see this being a every night race type of deal. What do you think? I agree. Um, I I found it distracting occasionally. I kept pointing out, like, I'm like, it keeps looking to me like somebody has, like, something dragging on the back. Um, or there is one set, like, Joey Logano got nicked in the left rear, and I was trying to figure out if he had a tire rub or if it was just the bluish light reflecting <laughs> that was going on. Um, so I didn't really, I didn't have too much of an opinion, but I will say I agree that if they're going to do it, do it the whole car. Um, one person I saw had the idea of like making it mean something where like, you know, maybe whoever ran the fastest lap that last time their car lights up, Ooh. you know, or something like that. Or if there was some way of doing something neat like that. But um, apparently that's... they had a switch in their car to turn the light off if they needed to. Oh, really? Yeah, I found oh. this out the other day, which is weird. Mm-hmm. It's like if if the guy behind you like, yo, dude, lights are way too bright. Turn them off. It's like like <laughs> highlight beam or like um high beam flash or something. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm right behind you. Turn them off. Yeah, I think on the whole, most drivers seemed to like be whatever about it. Um, although I'm finding it really funny that Kevin Harvick um, seems to just be anti everything um, in a kind of humorous way. Um, so he didn't like the lights, but other than that, I think most guys were kind of like whatever with it, Yeah, um, which is kind of where I'm at. Um, second one, um, would be the, uh, the paint schemes with, uh, the number moving back on the, uh, or further back on the side and having the sponsorship. What'd you think of that? Man, from the, from the start of this, I was, I was open to it. I was like, all right, you know what? You know, a little bit of change. That's cool. I'm probably not going to be thrilled with it, but it's one race. It's the all-star race. So you kind of give it a little bit of leniency. Man, once we saw them, I feel like you and I, every time there was a caution, we would just be like, these paint schemes look so cool with the, <laughs> with like, with the numbers pushed back. Um, and I think there could be a little bit of tweaking with uh like the number sizes because i know nascar has like a certain size those numbers need to be i feel like uh, if if all of them are a little bit bigger and don't really clash with their sponsor case in point the 24 with exalta Mm -hmm. um because we 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 uh what am i trying to say here when we see our driver, we look you know we're looking for the number, not the sponsor, because the sponsor nowadays changes every every week. So right. we we really need that number to be big, and that's that's what we see first. Of course, we need to see the sponsor because that's why the sponsor is there. But we I feel like the numbers could be a little bit bigger. Um, but other than that, I feel like it was very well executed. It could it I think it might be here to stay. I'm not sure how soon, mm-hmm. but I think that they will try it again. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if in the next year or so, because I know somebody was making the comment that this does kind of affect, you know, there's certain sponsorship agreements with what the car is now, um, but I could see that being a future thing. And like you said, the more we kept talking about, man, I love this scheme, I love that one. Um, one thing I noticed from just kind of a, the, which I know the big thing NASCAR is trying to get with this is sponsorship space. And one of the things with where we were sitting is, like looking back, there was never really a moment where I was looking at the hood of a car coming through the turn. So I wasn't really registering who the sponsors were. But whenever they came by the side and I saw it, it kind of registered and I was noticing the sponsor. Yeah. So just as far as where the eye goes, I think that for selling ad space, it works. Um, I think my big thing would be I kind of hope it would be where it's the same sponsor that's on the hood. Like, mm-hmm. it's all connected, so that there's a unified scheme. 
I don't want it to just be, you know, we're just slapping all these different sponsors that's, on there. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Do, do you think this was a, something from the the team saying, hey, we need more money and we need more spaces to sell space on our car, so can we move the numbers back? And they didn't care what that looked like. They didn't care if they were going to have Monster on the hood and then on the side it would be Credit One Bank or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's what I thought they were going to do. You know, I thought that's that was kind of the whole underlying idea of this without really saying it was. But I yeah, I'm with you on that where make it all cohesive. You know, if you're going to have right. Monster on the hood, have it on the sides. Have like have your primary sponsor be the primary sponsor, if you will. Right. And then use yeah. the rear quarter panel as your secondary like normal. Yeah, I agree completely. But um yeah, I uh I thought I was going to hate it when they announced it and it turns out that uh, I loved it. So um, good, good. Hooray for having an open mind. For real. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, the choose cone, um, or I guess it was the choose arrow just after the start finish line, um, which for those of you guys that watched, I'm sorry that, you know, Fox decided to not show the choose cone after talking about it all week. That doesn't make sense to me. Nope. Um, but <laughs> apart from that, for us in tenants, what do you, what do you think of the choose cone? Do you know, so, so great. Uh, it, it, it made it made pace laps exciting because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this is the lap we're doing the choose cone. So you don't know who's going to go where. And it, I think it turned out to work out really well because guys that on a normal restart would start 12th, they might be restarting 4th or 5th mm-hmm. or something like that. So all of a sudden your guy has possibly a good chance to win the race. I mean, if there's a choose cone at Kentucky – who knows how much faster Cole Custer would have won that race <laughs> just by being able to move up faster. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think this comes into play before the end of the year. I hope it does. Um, because yeah, I agree. It was it was kind of fun to see. Um, it's the uh, like and it made a few moments really cool, like with the um, Kyle Bush versus Brad Kozlowski battle towards the end of stage three. You knew, like, under the old format, it would have been, there'd have been no reason for Kyle Bush to try and pass Bat- Brad Kozlowski because he'd have been starting outside of row two. And so he would have been in the better position than inside of row two. Um, but under this format, he wanted to try and get ahead of Brad so that he could have that choice where either he could pick the outside behind the leader or if um, first and second went high, which they did, then you could go to the inside and be restarting on the front row so it kind of worked out where because brad held on um he was able to start on the front row and kyle ended up starting outside of row three um now unfortunately for brad he spun his tires um and ended up side by side with kyle by the end of the turn anyway so it really didn't make a difference in that instance um but it could have you know yeah and so that i think brought a, a fun element to it there's also a cool moment where um the first two cars both went high and Alex Bowman was also about to go high. And at the last minute, like he dove to the inside and Brad was also kind of going there. Cause he was looking like he was going to move from fourth to the front row. Um, and they almost collided. And I was like, you know, that was just kind of a fun moment. So I am surprised um, we didn't see anything like that last night Yeah, where there was this carnage from guys last minute changing their minds. Cause there wasn't right. like a penalty. If you chose your lane, maybe a little bit, later after the after the quote-unquote choose arrow choose cone uh, mm-hmm. i'm sure that might be a thing maybe if because nascar likes to make more rules 
Right. So who knows? I will say I think the choose cone will be really interesting to see at a intermediate track where the high line mm-hmm. is generally the preferred lane because you, excuse me, get all the momentum coming off the corner. So I'd be really interested to see what that would look like if you would have you know, ten, fifteen guys on the high line and then all of a sudden the guy that was in sixteenth just went to first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, which, I mean, I don't think it would be that extreme, but you could get, like, there's a few times where we saw guys that would have been restarting, like, probably around 14th, and instead they restarted, like, 9th. Yeah. Um, I think that happened with Kyle once, where he got around, like, three or four cars because he went to the inside. Um, and then the one other thing, I think, is what they did is they'd kind of, they'd do the choose cone, and then they'd run an extra lap before they started. I think that the choose cone should happen on the, we're about to restart lap. Yeah. Um, because by the time they'd gotten everybody in line, they were still, you know, just entering turn three. So it was plenty of time for them to, um, not have to waste that extra lap of, um, that extra caution lap. So that's yeah. the one thing, but I mean, it's the first time doing right. It, they, so. they may, you know, get to a point where they get into a groove with this and say, all right, when we're coming to one to go, that's when we do the choose cone, like they do yeah. with in at your local short track. Yeah, they well, they'd actually do that in turn three, which I, that's where I was looking for this the choose cone to be last night. I thought they were going to put it in turn three. You make your choice, and then you're coming to the one to go. Isn't that usually what the local short track does? I think it depends on the short track. That's when true. I've seen it, it's been I've seen it either just before the start finish line or like it was the other day, just after the start finish line. Okay, um, so I've seen kind of all of them, but yeah, whatever. Whatever you can do to get them lined up quickest so that you can start it as quickly as possible. That's kind of where I'm at. But I think IndyCar um, should do a choose cone. <laughs> oh, yes. But, Carnage. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, IndyCar has single file restarts for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, the funny thing. They were asking Kevin Harvick about it, and he's like, I mean, I think we should just go back to single file restarts. But oh that's never going to happen. Wow. <laughs> Bitter. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know. Everybody has their opinion on stuff, yeah. but um, on the whole, it was awesome. Had a mm-hmm. great time. It was great seeing a first-time winner for us. We, yep. we both have never seen Chase Elliott win a race. Yep. And I couldn't and remember he, if uh, I had seen Kyle Busch win a race before. Uh, but I was kind of hoping he would catch Elliott and give him, you know, and battle it out a little bit, and then you know, ultimately Chase beat Kyle. Mm-hmm. But that did not happen. But yeah, like you said, it was just a fun, a fun night. Yeah, the racing wasn't the best thing i'm sure if you're watching on television but bristol is just a good it's just a great atmosphere it's so fun yes. it's loud it's fast it's just a good time mm-hmm. yeah, <coughs> yeah. <coughs> and Sorry. chase definitely was the uh he was definitely the dominant car so oh yeah um awesome for them um and one other thing i wanted to do is have a shout out to justin haley um <laughs> who's made the race he's you know races in the xfinity um uh, series and doesn't he's raced one cup race this year and it was um, like the Daytona 500 where they just kind of made it you know he was in it towards the back and finished um, he already finished somewhere in the middle of the field because he didn't wreck um, so he's actually like he's got like the ninth or tenth highest average finish this season because he's ran like one race and finished like <laughs> 12th <laughs> nice um, but uh, yeah, he was in Spire Motorsports, which isn't known for being a competitive car. 
And he was running. He stayed on the lead lap the entire race. That first 55 lap run at the end of it, um, he was running down Cole Custer in an SHR car. He was pulling away from Matt DiBenedetto. And um, he was also running down both Custer and Martin Truex Jr. So I was like, you go, Justin Haley. (laughs) (laughs) If anything, it's just great experience for him. You know, he's just out there running laps. He knows he's not going to win the race. So I'm Mm -hmm. sure he was just having a great time taking care of his stuff. And, you know, probably got a halfway decent paycheck out of it, too. I hope so. So um, that was cool to see. Um, So, yeah, Um, Yeah. on the whole. On the whole, go back to Bristol for the All-Star Race. Yes. That's what I'm hoping, for sure. I agree. And Um, we might be back there in September. We have enough money. I hope so. (laughs) Yes. uh, It's a race I don't want to miss. Yeah, Um, I think I'll be upset if I'm watching it on TV. Agreed. Agreed. So. It was a teaser. Yesterday was definitely a teaser for for both of us, but um, very thankful that we were even able to go. Shout out to uh, the Tennessee governor for letting NASCAR do that and for NASCAR and Bristol just working together to make it a, a safe a safe place with uh, what, what all is going on right now because we are NASCAR is making big news on so many different fronts. And um, this is just another another time to be in the news about the progress we're making as a sport and having the ability to, you know, have fans enjoy live sports and live events again. So hopefully this is a move in the right direction and it doesn't come back to, to haunt anybody, but yep. I don't, I don't think it will, but, and we're going to, everyone's going to learn from it. So all in all, yep. awesome. Yep. I agree. Well, um, this, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed listening to this, uh, bonus episode. We'll be back with our, our usually scheduled one. Um, next week but uh, we just wanted to give you guys a little taste and uh, get to share kind of our experience of everything that went on um, and I hope you guys have a great one yeah see you guys later bye